Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Overthinking. It's your boy, AP. And you, you know, unfortunately, I actually think I'm getting tired of saying this over and over and over and over again. But my co-host, Dave, is still quite unavailable. Um, so we are currently just negotiating how, how we can make the show, you know, work. I think the most important thing right now for us, though, is to produce content, put out as much material, as much natural material as possible. Because, I mean, without your support, the show would it wouldn't be much but anyway i digress so this week is a bit gloomy unfortunately um just yesterday we we what was it yeah it was yesterday we're celebrating world mental health day and everything obviously um i mean i'm hoping that you don't live under a rock wherever you are because that would be fucking insane but again i digress this week i got a guest and as usual i'm gonna let my guest do the honors of introducing themselves Hi, overthinkers. My name is Lebo Khang. Um, wow, I've never been on a podcast before, so this is the first. <laughs> Thanks, AP, for having me. Um, yeah, so I'm AP's friend. I've known him for probably like a very short time. Fairly short. But it's been very fruitful, so yeah. Yeah. But anyway, um, as usual, thank you so much. What? Firstly, thank you so much for that. Thank you for being here. I know. You know, it's like end of the year, schedules are insanely busy, but, you know, the overthinkers love the material, and I'm just like, I'm just trying to give the people what they want. Um, as usual, I want to take a moment to say thank you, thank you, thank you to each and every person that listens to the show. It truly is nothing without you. And I mean, I'm pretty sure, like, everyone that creates content says the same thing, but I mean, it genuinely, genuinely is true. If you guys want to listen to the show, I wouldn't have a reason to put out more material and, you know, it would just be like a flop thing. Oh, I feel it making that sound. That's what I was going for in the beginning. Sorry. Uh, Is, um we're actually talking about something quite quite tense i think so we're talking about suffering in silence and in this weird way as 90s babies i actually feel like we do it quite a lot but the conversation you and i liberal are going to be having is literally just trying to unpack sharing our thoughts about it i'm obviously going to ask you a couple of questions because i'm inquisitive like that it's okay you can tell me to mind my own business but um just to to kind of start us off um what does what does to you what does suffering in silence mean i think it's when you know you're going through something and it's bothering you to the point where it's affecting other aspects of your life and you're not telling anyone so the usual conversation you'd have with people where it's kind of telling them the day by day and it's like, oh, okay, your yeah, school's having me this way or life is pushing me this way. Now you're becoming more distant, more silent. Your behaviors and mannerisms are changing. You might even hit a young type of like depression where you can't even complete the menial tasks that you have to complete during the day. So, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, for for people, for whoever's listening out there, and it's just like, 
what the fuck is a mannerism? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just provide some clarity? Like just your behaviors, your okay. your usual, the way you usually act when okay. the sudden it okay. changes. Okay, okay. And so, like in in your opinion, like why why do you think people like why do you think they suffer in silence? Why do you think they sit and allow themselves to get to that point where their mannerisms are changing? I feel like it's something we kind of inherently learn from our parents because it's the thing of, okay, you're going through something, mm-hmm. but everyone else mustn't know you're going through something or they're going to use that to exploit you. So whether it was um, told to you like overtly or like mm-hmm. you kind of witnessed it as you were growing up, I feel like it's a thing we've learned from our parents. And Hectic. if we look at maybe like, the post two thousand babies, yeah, they're not afraid to say things are not okay. And you're I'm correct. not grand as a person. I'm going through this, yeah. and they're very vocal. Whereas nineties babies are still in the middle. Yeah, but I mean, like, wh- I mean, I, I can't, I can't say why we do that thing. But like in my in my experience, um, I think you, like you alluded to it to say that if people know that you're not okay, um. It, like it, it can be used as leverage and mm-hmm. it's pretty fucked up that that unfortunately is just kind of how it be sometimes um but now i'm like i'm more, I'm more curious about the people who have like a close circle of friends but will still suffer in silence like like what about them what what, what do you think i mean obviously we're, we're just generalizing and assuming but in like a, if you had to like kind of dig into someone's mind in that way what do you think you'd uncover I think it also just depends how you classify that relationship because you obviously have different friends that mm-hmm. fulfill different purposes within your life. Facts. And sometimes those friendships, they never like dig deep into feelings and stuff. It may just be, oh, these are the friends I go to the club with. Okay, these are my classmates, the friends that I like compare notes with and get mm-hmm. tight answers from. These are my friends that I do this with or like these are my radio station friends. If like yeah. you're you're a um, radio host. So if you kind of compartmentalize your friendships and your relationships, mm. sometimes you don't know where the emotional part might fit in. Hmm. Huh. Damn. That's, that's, yeah. I, I never spared it. <laughs> I never, never spared it. Okay, so then, um, I can't help but wonder, then, like okay so 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 we we do this thing as people as 90s babies mm. like I, I to be honest with you i don't think there's a, like a 90s babies alive right now who can say that they haven't at one point in their life gone through the most and said nothing and when Try someone nice. asked them they'd be like oh no i'm okay you know what my dad used to say um whenever whenever i'd say no i'm fine he'd be like okay cool i get it i'd be like what he's like oh you're freaked out you're insecure you're neurotic and you're emotional you're fine I was like, damn, I felt attacked there. But so obviously now, like in varsity, you go through, like you said, school will have you one way or what, what, whatever, whatever. Hmm. But like to what degree do you think like people take that behavior? And like you said, we learned it from our parents. Like, But to what degree do you think people take it from the school days into the working world, into their into their relationships, because you do find that a lot of things, like a lot of relationships, fail because people don't communicate, and usually 
like when they're not okay people don't say anything i think i read about how i don't know who it was from but they were saying that we all just need to go to therapy because actually we all have a lot of shit we haven't dealt with and unpacked facts like there are a lot of traumas that you would have gone through in your life that you didn't really think were traumatic Mm -hmm. but they actually sat with you the wrong way and you just internalized it to the point where you haven't talked about it so it's going to fester and grow and it's going Mm -hmm. to come out somewhere and somehow maybe whether it carries over into your work life your romantic relationships and then you now suddenly see that things are failing in whatever sphere they're failing in and you can't pinpoint because there's certain traumas you haven't dealt with and you don't want to deal with. Tense. So, yeah. Echo the don't want to deal with part. Dealing with shit is nasty, bro. Yeah, it's difficult. Like, you don't it's know nasty, what, what demon you're going to be facing when you open one door and then you keep opening doors and it's like... Imagine it's like an inception you get lost in it <laughs> you don't know when you're gonna come out and if you're gonna come out okay oh no no i hear you i hear you and it's actually funny that you say that because um i think it was like on one one of the earlier episodes of the show mm. um oof, i'm gonna expose myself and say that i actually can't even remember which episode it was and who i was talking to Hectic. but we, we would i do remember that we were talking about compartmentalizing and and just how like unhealthy it is because it it's like it affects different like aspects of your life and it's 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 like something as little as just saying oh like i've experienced this kind of trauma and i'm not trying to deal with it right now so like i'll just put it away mm. and i'll like usually the mind the thinking behind it is i'll put it away for now and i'll deal with it later but obviously mm. life happens and you know you never really like you said like you don't know what demons you're going to you're going to face once you start opening doors so the more logical thing and the more safer thing i guess is to just building more do- to just build more doors yeah but now like what do we like how do we how do we get people to i don't want to say not suffer in silence because even that like for me speaks to like an element of power in that sometimes people just feel disempowered to talk about whatever it is that they're going through and mm. we obviously don't know what circumstances and situations people find themselves in but like for me for me um i'm not going to lie to you i'm definitely dead ass guilty <laughs> i am super super guilty no all of us are of of like you know you'll go through you'll go through some stuff and then like in the moment like i'm, I'm trying to be better because like when after it's happened i'll be like okay no i wasn't grand on this day but in the moment when i'm going through something i'll just be like no i'm okay and i just want to kind of be in my space not that not because i'm actually dealing with whatever it is but just i don't know there's something comforting or i don't know i don't want to say addictive but there is some element of comfort i think for me in quote unquote suffering in the in silence or maybe it's just because i'm so used to it that's like mm. But anyway, I digress. So the question I wanted to ask is, like, what do we what do we tell people? How do we get people to stop suffering in silence? I don't know how to phrase that question in a way that's quote unquote politically correct. But I don't know. How... I think it's. Uh, I don't know. 
I don't know how to answer this without sounding a bit cliche, but like, if you create a space where, mm. like, let's say you and I are friends, yeah, yeah, and you don't feel comfortable, maybe, um, telling me about certain things. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can start and show you, okay, it's possible, sharp. I don't feel comfortable telling you that this happened in my life, this happened in my life, I maybe went mm. through abuse or whatever. Mm. And that's why certain things have, are triggers this way yeah. to, in my life towards me. Mm. So maybe if you foster that environment, someone might be open to just even letting you in a bit, yeah. just so they feel like, not necessarily that you can help them, but at least it's out there. And out there. I've spoken about it, which is kind of one step in dealing with yeah. all the pain that you go through. Okay, so then my question then becomes, um, say now there's an overthinker out there who's listening to this and saying to themselves, okay, like I hear you, live, I hear what you're saying, mm. but... I'm a I'm a shy I'm a very introverted person, even within with my friends like I I struggle talking like I'm I'm the introvert of the group. Mm-hmm. How do I foster that? Like how do I and I suffer. I have a lot of things on me that I want to get off. Like I want yeah. to talk about them, mm-hmm. but there's this anxiety of social interaction that just cripples me. So how do I get over that to then foster that kind of relationship? I think within a group setting it'll always be the one person you're the most comfortable with mm-hmm. so it doesn't necessarily have to be like a whole group thing where you it's like a counseling session or whatever or like a kumbaya so kumbaya. It, doesn't to, <laughs> it doesn't have to be anything that deep but yeah yeah hey i'm not an introvert so i don't know how to <laughs> approach that but yeah. even if you find that one person that you're most comfortable with and you can sit down and talk yeah. and there's a level of trust where it's like, we have this thing, mm-hmm. but I will not reveal it to the group because unless you're yeah. comfortable, yeah, then yeah. definitely explore that. Mm-hmm. If not, my sister go to therapy. My brother go, go to, to therapy. therapy. Like, there's a lot of healing everyone needs to do. You may think you're grand, but you're not grand. Yeah. You're not fully okay. You're just kind of coasting through life. You think, okay, no, this is going well. This is going well. Yeah. Then like one little inconvenience, one minor inconvenience just hinders Sets all. you back. Yeah. So. No, I hear you. I hear you. I know, but I, I can't help but wonder. Um, so, okay, so now that, that's that's the introverted person. Like how often, actually, I don't even know how often as, as a, okay, let me, I'm trying to rethink how to rephrase this question. Ambivert, extrovert. Now, those ones. All yes. of those ones. Yeah? Is, okay, now you're, you're the social butterfly. You're, you're able to communicate, you talk, you, you can express yourself. Mm. Like, social situations don't make you as anxious as an introvert. Do you, do you think, in your opinion, that it's easier for people that are, that are social butterflies to talk about stuff or, like, to talk about things when they go through it? I, d- I don't think so. Like, there's certain things you're comfortable... Like, the more lighter note things... <laughs> lighter you, note. <laughs> are like... <laughs> inside joke. <laughs> things that are very, on a very light note are easier to talk about than the more emotional yeah. um, things. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean that now that you're an extrovert or an ambivert, it's easier mm-hmm. because I think people just hate being vulnerable because mm-hmm. vulnerability leads to being taken advantage of, or that's what we've been told. And sometimes your vulnerability vulnerabilities don't have to be a weakness. You can use them to be your strength if you mm-hmm. play it right. So I, that's what I think. I'm not... I don't yeah. think it's on. It's an introvert extrovert kind thing. of situation. Yeah. So like I he- I hear what you're saying and and like it's alluding to the fact that it kind of all just cycles back to vulnerability and exploitation of the fear thereof. Mm. Um, and I mean, I, I like I I I think in my opinion it would be unfair to obviously not acknowledge the fact that there are some douchebags out there who do exploit people in their moments of vulnerability um but i also hear what you're saying at the same time <clears throat> but now 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 like i kind of okay let me ask like let me okay <laughs> let me give you a scenario yeah okay this is a scenario okay the scenario is there's a squad squad of five name mm-hmm. squad of five close friends they've been close friends since like like they were in diapers whatever whatever now they're like in their mid-20s grand now um okay so now now one person in the squad of five is like going through some shit yeah and chooses to open up to this actually feels so personal because <laughs> it's happening <laughs> drag. drag drag um so yeah so <laughs> no continue Sorry. continue uh, so so this person okay so this one ah uh, damn this person like you said like in the squad each one mm-hmm. has their, their their people to open up to yeah so now this person opens up to re- the relevant people or whatever mm-hmm. and now one person in the squad of five decides to exploit that vulnerability of the one person now it gets tense so now now and then obviously now within the group dynamics change the dynamics change and now the person starts to say okay no i'm grand like i'm okay now obviously there's like issues of trust and whatever whatever yeah so then now my question then to you is you as okay you as the person say now it's you you oh, as a person wow. that that has been exploited that, that has been exploited um yeah like you 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 open up to someone about your vulnerability about whatever you're going through and then at some point like they 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 take advantage of that be it in the form of like telling someone else that and then that that person directly um using it or whatever to upset you or whatever whatever mm-hmm. yeah but they exploit you then what do you do like in that situation because now yeah. these are your close friends you guys have been friends since you were what diapers yeah 20 odd years give it yeah. like you guys are tight but now obviously the relationships within the friendship circle needs to change yeah so now what do you do like if you're this person what do you do i try avoid awkward situations <laughs> as much as possible because it just makes it awkward for everyone else so yeah. if it were me mm-hmm. i wouldn't expect because you know how people expect certain loyalties yeah. and they say if i cut them off you all need to cut them off type thing like i would never expect that because it's not realistic Mm -hmm. it's just it'll never be realistic 
because people, like I said, have different relationships that fulfill different purposes in their life. Mm-hmm. So it's I wouldn't expect that, number one. Number two, me and the person that is exploiting me, I don't think can be friends. Mm-hmm. Or there needs to be a conversation to see if this person's remorseful or if it was intentional or just to see kind of where they were at when they were trying to Mm -hmm. use what they felt was like my weakness against me. Mm -hmm. And if it literally was like malicious, definitely we can't be, we can't be friends. But Mm -hmm. you've already showed me that I can't trust you. And not to say that I'll never trust you again, but you need to earn that that trust. trust. And I hate that thing of where you have to basically bend over backwards for someone. Mm. And then at the end of it, still, you kind of mm. are not friends or whatever the case is. Yeah. So the friendship would have to end if it was malicious. If it wasn't malicious, I'd distance myself. Because already mm. I'm just like, you've shown your hand. You've shown what you're capable of. So mm. I'm kind of not trying to get burnt twice mm. type thing. Um... But for me, things can continue as normal. Obviously, we can't now go out as five. Yeah. It would have to be a situation where if we're going out one, either I'm not there or the person, the friend that exploited me is not there. Like, we can't both be there unless it's like monumental moments of your life, like a wedding or a Mm. bachelor party, things like that. Like monumental Mm. things. I can actually swallow my pride and go. Yeah. But yeah. if it's like drinks or lunches, there'll be many lunches that I need to be there. <laughs> there'll it's be okay. many lunches. I don't need to be there. But then doesn't that just like reinforce the whole thing of like suffering in silence? Because then like now, now all of a sudden you become a lot more conscious or, or like reserved or guarded. I don't think so. I think it's just you're protecting your peace. Yeah. You just want yeah. peace in your life. And you know that getting that peace is not having this person in your life. Mm-hmm. Not to say that they'll be gone forever. We don't know what time will do in the future. Mm-hmm. But honestly and truly, for the now, mm-hmm. for my current peace and short-term peace, I can't be in the same room as you. It's so simple. Like, there's no gray area. Yeah, yeah. So then, so then, okay, so now that's the friends, like the friends, like you said, you can kind of end that relationship. Yeah. What if now this is a family situation? This is someone in your family. Guys, just because they're blood, you can definitely <laughs> cut them off. Like, I just don't understand this blood ties all of a sudden, there's a bit of a gray uh, area. Obviously, uh, it's not easy. Trust yeah, me. Yeah. And there's some people who value, depends on how you value your blood relationships and mm. your, like, non-blood relationships. Mm-hmm. Some people value their non-blood relationships higher than their blood relationships yeah, and yeah. others don't. So the level of difficulty just depends on which one is the most important to you. Mm. Generally, people are like, no, family first, family first. Mm. But if, like, <clears throat> you as my family member, you did something foul. Yeah. It's actually very personal. If you did something foul, I can definitely distance myself. I don't need to like entertain you yeah it's it's just it yeah it doesn't need to be a thing like even if it's a mom can't ha- can't be my mom because we're so <laughs> close 
Um, my dad and I had a difficult period. Still mm-hmm. are, but it's better. Um, but literally, he did something foul. I was just like, cool. And there was a period of silence, I think. Mm. End of high school into like beginning of varsity. Mm. To the point where my mom was like, you know what you're doing right is wrong. Just talk to him. And mm. I understand that because why must I be the bigger person? I didn't do the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah. I hate why must now I, because I'm not the parent. You are the more experienced one. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like, I was the bigger person. We moved on. Not fully, because there's still a lot of things that need to be discussed. Mm. But it's better than it was then. So just because it's family, guys, doesn't mean you mustn't cut them off. Cut them off. Your peace is important. So then, like, okay, now we've got the overthinker who's, who's sitting and listening and saying, okay, you know what? Like, I hear what you're saying, level. It's great. Um, in the ideal world, I just it would be that easy. It would just yeah. be snip, snip, move on. Um, I don't have the strength to do, to do that. I don't have the strength to <clears throat> to init or to cut the cord or to you know start that whole thing. Then what do I do? Like, what what advice do you have for me? I think depending on how the relationship is with the family member or friends, or friends, yeah. Um, I think talk first just to see because sometimes you've made assumptions that might not necessarily be what the other person's truth is so you may have yeah. assumed that they're an evil lying bitch mm-hmm. but they actually just literally didn't realize what they were doing or they did and they did it intentionally then you just need to see okay cool it confirms my suspicions or it doesn't it goes against what i thought so this mm-hmm. is the way to move forward if you find it difficult to because not everyone is confrontational mm-hmm. i think Find some mediator. Doesn't necessarily have to be a therapist. It can be try find someone who's kind of a neutral party. Cause when the person has ties to both people, people, yeah. it's a bit difficult and there's a bit of a gray area where you feel like your voice might not be heard or vice versa. So yeah, yeah. I think talk guys, just a lot of things have been fixed by a conversation or two and it doesn't just happen overnight literally it can take years decades i hear you but like isn't most the whole thing, like ironically enough the whole the whole conversation we've been having is about not suffering in, like, silence. Not suffering in silence um and you know the irony of it that kind of the remedy to suffering in silence is to talk and to start the conversation but at the same time the kryptonite thereof is people suffer in silence because like it goes back to what we said it creates a state of vulnerability a fear of exploitation and like you said earlier like our parents i do definitely think as 90s babies we have definitely inherited it Yo. if we didn't if we did not inherit it it is definitely one of the better i mean the worse um yeah the more the more badder the more horrible hey english yeah that one on a boat. whatever um like traits that, that that we have and it's quite scary that as a whole generation it is something that we share and it's quite terrifying because mm. the 90s baby now like literally literally the first 90s baby is about to turn 30 yeah like 
they're about to turn 30 going into next year so like it's real these are parents yeah they now and if if this is the kind of thing that we're going to be going and you know the cycle we're going to keep going as parents i'm actually hor- like i'm terrified i'm i'm honestly terrified and you know i just do definitely wish that overthinkers if you are listening to this and you, if you can relate like i i don't have any answers i'm not even gonna lie to you like i'm i'm a therapist i'm a essentially a qualified therapist i actually am i actually am but this podcast isn't about me giving people therapy but i do definitely think that i know it may sound cliche but talk to someone get help there is help out there and in lines in keeping with world mental health day we're just trying to raise awareness about how the things that don't affect us physically ironically enough scars the most so you know yeah i literally right. read on twitter mm-hmm. oh wow i read on twitter i think the question was um have you been open about your mental illness at work like have you spoken to your bosses about Crucial. it mm-hmm. and people had and there were like different responses so some people it was a positive response whereas the um, company was very accommodating. They understood if the person needed to work from home and leave in the middle of the day. And then others, they just um, <clears throat> compared their performance and said that, no, your performance is due to your mental illness. You're always just complaining, you're always just depressed. Of course, your performance is going to be low. Mm-hmm. And just kind of using that information to their detriment and not to help them. So... I think we also need to make it a thing where it's okay not to be okay and your work cannot use it against you because there are other companies thriving at it and other companies that are using it as leverage I think no one no one no one should ever ever like no one should have even it shouldn't even be a thought of exploiting like using using whatever you're going through to your detriment like because it doesn't help all it does is just reinforce the behavior of suffering in silence and we all know you know the worst case scenario and how that ends up mm. so i just feel like you know as 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 a generation we need to do better um it's a long road oh it's a very long road and i think um. we if not if not half of us quite a, like a vast majority of us are pretty fucked up adults because yeah. we've had some pretty fucked up childhoods <laughs> but I digress um, Anyway Nebu well, The last question I really just have for you is some, some, Do you have any like General advice, tips, hints Or just thoughts Or anything you want to share uh, With the overthinkers On how you know They can overcome If they can't overcome Just what steps they can take I think if you're trying to overcome you don't know where to start speak to a friend Mm. if that friend doesn't have the answers you definitely two brains are better than one in terms of brainstorming and seeing the possible solutions if you're a 90s baby that's still a student there are some facilities that the university supplies you with in terms of 
mental health and whatever some of them may not be successful some may be for some people so you just need to explore that if you have the extra coint coint if you have the coint i definitely suggest going to therapy i am considering going to therapy just to make it through my final year of varsity next year so definitely explore that because yeah this year was was a trip um and also just don't carry over the burdens you experienced as a child onto your future children oh please god so as much as we talk about being better parents and i see it like a general conversation amongst um as 90s babies babies, actively do it don't just like actively do it whether it's going to family therapy whether it's going to therapy for yourself in order to be a better parent like just something explore all the options because they're there and Mm. it's an active like you actively need to choose it you can't just talk about it so i think that's that's all i have appreciate it appreciate it appreciate it man um you know while you're talking i was thinking about something oh oh oh, yeah yeah so so i'm not gonna lie i'm I'm gonna expose myself because i'm definitely guilty of this but um, I'm pretty sure there are like quite a lot of people who, in suffering in silence, have found refuge in an addiction, one or another. Yes. Um, probably not the healthiest thing to do. Uh, and just I was just thinking about it now. I'm like, I I definitely I definitely needed therapy throughout my whole university like career and my whole journey. Now I'm like fast approaching the end of it, and I'm like I don't know how I made it. There were times where I found myself at the bottom of a bottle. There were times... Uh, end I'm, of a blunt. End of a blunt. Um, between someone's legs. You know, different different addictions. Um, mm. Just to get through this whole fucked up thing. And it's the ghetto. It's, a, it's a ghetto. Oh, oh, it is the absolute, absolute... Like, university is the fucking ghetto. And it's upsetting because these are supposed to be our best days. I know someone lied to me. I want. I want a <laughs> refund. I want my refund. No. It was a lie. No, it was all a lie. But anyway, overthinkers, thank you guys so so much for listening. Obviously, again, I do admit that this show would be absolutely nothing without you guys. Um, label, thank you so so much for coming onto the show. I genuinely genuinely appreciate it. I think we started a conversation, and I'm hoping that people are going to internalize it, take it in. I mean, granted, I ramble here and there, but whatever. Um, <laughs> I, I do hope people are going to, you know, just give it some thought and hopefully start a conversation every, anywhere. Um, yes, so as, as we wrap up, wrap up this week's episode, I do want to take a moment to say that um, if, you're not, if you're not going, if, well, sorry, let's try that again. If you're going through something, do reach out. Lebu has Lebu said it already, but talk to somebody, you know, uh, like you said, two heads mm. are better than one. Start the conversation. Explore, explore, explore what is out there to help you. Because there's definitely something, someone who would be willing to and who will be able to. With that being said, it's been great. Um, please do check us out on social media. If you guys do want to get in touch, if you want to come onto the show, or if you just have any general feedback, we appreciate it. Both the good and the bad criticism. You know, just... <laughs> Keep keep those those messages coming in. Um, we are on Twitter at overthinking 
underscore ZA. Um, you can also find me. You can, if you prefer to contact me directly or via my own personal social media, you can find me at I am the real AP underscore. I repeat, I am the real AP underscore. And that's both my Twitter and my Instagram handle. So feel free to DM, follow, whatever, whatever. Like, get in contact and just like let me know what you're thinking. If if the overthinkers wants to get a hold of you, label, where can they find you? Uh, it's Lady Lebza on Instagram, Twitter, all social media, basically. All these ghetto social media screens. <laughs> social media is another chat on its own. But for future episodes. Anyway, overthinkers, it's been great. And I'll see you guys. It is with the heaviest of hearts that I stand before the women and the girls of South Africa this evening to talk about another pandemic that is raging in our country. The killing of women and children by the men of our country. As a man, as a husband, and as a father to daughters, I am appalled at what is no less than a war that is being waged against the women and the children of our country.